Buenos dias, Mission Street. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from Thursday, the 13th of May, 2021. Ait Mubarak. This is a quick summary of stuff you need to know about what's happening in Argentina. We're raising the curtain and kicking off today's episode with news from the government's ongoing drama surrounding the authorization of in-person classes. After last week's unfavorable Supreme Court ruling that backed the Buenos Aires city government's right to decide whether classes continue, President Fernandez is now working on a new bill to send to Congress. Although it's not yet known what powers the bill will seek to strengthen, the government has given little away. Officials say that the goal is to allow the presidency and provincial governors the ability to apply specific restrictions and measures within the framework of the pandemic. Health Minister Carlo Visotti said that the idea stemmed from a similar legislative push in Germany. Not sure whether that legitimization effort will work. However, leaders from the opposition have already expressed concerns over the move. For the time being, parents and children alike in the capital will continue to attend school in person and wait for further notice. A more positive note for children, the government announced on Friday the 7th that existing food aid schemes for vulnerable sectors will be extended in response to soaring food price increases, the food card Tarjeta Alimentar will be given to families with children aged 6 to 14, equals about 4 million youngsters. Families with one child will receive a card with 6,000 pesos, about 40 U.S. dollars. Those with two will receive 9,000 or 60 U.S. dollars. And families with three or more children under the age of 14 can receive up to 12,000 or 80 U.S. dollars. The health front, a new shipment of 500,000 Sputnik V vaccines arrived on Monday, the 10th. With these new doses, the country has surpassed 12 million vaccines from different laboratories. Between Monday the 3rd and February the 7th, the vaccination campaign reached a new immunization record with more than 960,000 doses administered in five days. Still, most people have only received the first shot, and it's yet to be confirmed when they'll get the second. Also, in a bid to speed up the vaccination program, President Fernandez's government has offered to manufacture the entire AstraZeneca-Oxford vaccine domestically. The proposal was made to the United Kingdom and British-Swedish pharmaceutical firm. It was prompted by the production delays emanating from Mexico. On that note, the delegation of Argentine-Israel associations, DAIA, welcomed Israeli experts and officials at the Alvear Icon Hotel in Puerto Madero last Sunday, the Sunday the 9th, to advance the local production of the Brilife vaccine. The national government is seeking to reach an agreement to start phase three of the study of the vaccine, which was developed by the Israeli Institute for Biological Research and tested mainly in Hadassah. The production of the vaccine will require between 30,000 and 50,000 volunteers since it's not being produced in Israel yet. However, not all news surrounding the vaccine is good. This week, the director of the hospital in the province of Corrientes denounced a group of health workers for stealing and trafficking the Sputnik V and Sinopharm vaccines on the black market. Local authorities called for an investigation that resulted in the arrest of a nurse and the person responsible for the supply of vaccines at the San Roque de Esquina Hospital. According to local media outlets, they were selling the doses for 9,000 pesos or 60 U.S. dollars. Fortunately, not all businesses are dark. In fact, some of them are going 
Green, Argentine manufacturer of food products Havana, mostly known for its alfajores, recently partnered with Bioteres, a leading company in agricultural biotechnology, to reduce the brand's carbon footprint. They announced a scientific productive complementary agreement for the development of products with a lower environmental impact in both Argentina and Brazil. These products will provide the highest level of consumer information regarding the origin of the wheat, the environmental footprint generated, and more. Meanwhile, the Environment Ministry launched the Green Mondays campaign this week to cut the amount of greenhouse gas produced by cattle ranching, the biggest contributor to Argentine emissions, with a 22% share. The program encourages citizens to substitute all types of meat with plant-based proteins, Ranchers are furious, and the Argentine Rural Society said in a statement that beef is a badge of national identity and a product that represents Argentinians in the world like no other. However, Argentines today are not quite the carnivores they were in the past. Statistics show that beef consumption per capita has fallen at least 20 kilos in the past two decades. While some businesses are making new deals, others are struggling to survive. In the Santa Fe province, gym owners announced they will not abide by the provincial government's decree that orders the suspension of their activities between the 10th of May and the 21st of May. Labeling the ruling as arbitrary, the Santa Fe Gymnasium Chamber released a statement on Saturday the 8th confirming that they would continue to open their doors and took their protest to the streets on Tuesday the 11th. Speaking of Santa Fe... Senator Carlos Reutemann was hospitalized in Rosario, the province's largest city, with an intestinal hemorrhage. The 79-year-old was transferred via air ambulance on Saturday the 8th from the clinic in Santa Fe, where he had been since Wednesday after his condition deteriorated. While all of this happened, President Alberto Fernandez is currently in Europe, where he will try to secure a repayment deal with the International Monetary Fund. On Saturday the 8th, Fernandez arrived in Portugal where he met with top authorities before moving on to Spain, France, and Italy. Argentina's due to start repaying 2.8 billion U.S. dollars with the Paris Club of Creditors at the end of May. He reportedly asked for a delay until the countries reached an agreement with the IMF. Meanwhile, Argentina is also in talks with the IMF for a new program that seeks to delay payments on an existing $45 billion plan. Argentina's polarizing relationship with the IMF makes things more complicated. For many, the IMF is almost an offensive presence in the country, one more associated with recession and depression than growth, but that's a story for another day. For those of you interested in knowing more about the reasons behind the country's historic love-hate relationship with the IMF, there's a great article in English by the Buenos Aires Times that sums it up. The link is in the description. Also in line with international relations, President Fernandez criticized Colombia's institutional violence against protesters, which was firmly rejected by President Ivan Duque's government. These protests, which flared up across the country in recent days after Duque's plan to raise taxes, have been met with violence from security forces, and at least 42 people have died across the country, with more than 800 others wounded and about 90 people reported missing. Colombia warned Argentina against interfering in its internal affairs in a diplomatic row over the ferocity of the police response towards Colombian demonstrators. However, with violence escalating in major cities, the conflict is impossible to ignore. President Fernandez also clarified the country's standing regarding the Palestinian conflict, stating that Argentina's position is that of the United Nations. The Argentine Foreign Ministry released a statement labeling the use of force by Israeli security units as disproportionate, which didn't sit well with the Israeli ambassador in the country. She expressed her concern over the statement and warned 
it does not express the good relations that both countries have, although it does express the opinion of practically everybody else in the world. To wrap things up, here's some good news that provides what people are capable of when they work together. If you've been online at all in the last few weeks, you probably have heard of the cause that moved hundreds of thousands of people in Argentina. Last month, a famous local influencer used his reach for good by raising the $2 million that a baby named Emma needed to purchase the cure for her rare genetic disease. In less than a month, he and his followers managed to raise the necessary funds, and this Tuesday, the 11th, the baby finally began her treatment. Here's to using social media for such a great cause. That's it for this week. If you like the show, share it and subscribe for more. We'd appreciate a review. Tell us your thoughts and ideas, how you found out about us at podcast at Rorschach.com. Nos vemos. Thank you.